0: Do you enjoy eating out? Are you a big fan of international cuisine? Lucky for us, Brazil is absolutely multicultural, and we can find food from all parts of the world here. Are you hungry to find out more about international cuisine in Brazil? So join us today to explore the international gastronomy of São Paulo and Rio de Janeiro. I'm Camila Celarim, teacher at Cultura Inglesa São Paulo, And as you might have noticed from the previous episodes, a culture lover and a food enthusiast.
1: I'm Maria Eduarda. I'm an English teacher at Cultura Inglesa Rio. I'm also a food enthusiast, and one of my favorite uh, going out activities is meeting new restaurants.
0: And this is Cultura Inglesa Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Cultura Inglesa podcast.
0: Brazil is a culinary paradise. As you noticed from our previous episodes, If you haven't listened to them yet, please do. We have invaluable culinary traditions brought by the many different nationalities that give origin to Brazilian people. But besides the wonders of our own cuisine, Brazilian big cities like Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro are internationally recognized by their restaurant scene, especially for their variety of international and ethnic food available to us. So, to share experiences with international cuisine here in Brazil, we have teacher Duda from Rio. Welcome to Cultura Inglesa podcast, Duda. Thank you. So, Duda, you told me that, you told us actually that you are a food enthusiast who loves going out to eat, right? Yeah. So,
1: what are your favorite restaurant options? Well, to be brutally honest, I can't trade my Japanese food for anything. So I'd say that Japanese restaurants will always be my favorite. However, as I told you, I really like to meet new restaurants, so I'm I'm fond of taking risks, you know, and meeting new food. But if I had to answer, my favorite are the Japanese restaurants. Great, amazing. And uh, are there many
0: different restaurants in your area? Uh, restaurants that offer international ethnic food besides Japanese food, of course?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I live in Niterói, which is a city next to Rio de Janeiro. I don't know if many people know it, but the neighborhood where I live in is if I would had to say like a restaurant, um a restaurant point you know the <laughs> street across from my house is a well known street for its bars and restaurants and pubs uh, there are many options but there aren't many international options uh, options as you said uh here in brazil we tend to enjoy very much the mainstream international food which would be hamburger japanese and you know that barbecue that you eat with french fries uh, mm-hmm. So, these would be the main options and pizzas, but mm-hmm. there are isolated uh, ethnical restaurants, Arabic and etc. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And um,
0: yeah, it, it's lucky you that you live <laughs> very, very, very near the, 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 the culinary point of Niteroi. Yeah. Happy to, to know that. And, 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 <laughs> you can come and, visit
1: if you want anytime. <laughs>
0: Of course, I will. I mean, and is there is there a nationality that is. Uh Common in Niterói that uh, that you can see everywhere. Because here in São Paulo, it's interesting because uh, according to the neighborhoods, there are some special special nationalities that group in these neighborhoods. So we have Liberdade where a lot of Japanese mm-hmm. people live. Uh, in bon Retiro there are the Korean people. Uh, you know these, these mm-hmm. the national the, the nationalities that
1: uh, are in these specific neighborhoods are there in Niterói. No, I wouldn't say there is. I would say there are neighborhoods where there are more pubs and restaurants, mm-hmm. which are Icarai and San Francisco. And and they offer these food that I told you, this kind of food that I told you. Japanese, hamburger, uh, Brazilian barbecue, and, and these. Mm-hmm. Interesting, pretty cool. Uh,
0: as, as I told you before, I'm from Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. and um, I live in Ipiranga. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, here there are restaurants from a variety of nationalities, uh-huh. which is which is it's very interesting. Uh, I always tell people that one day I'm gonna open an Instagram account to review <laughs> the, natu- the restaurants on my neighborhood. I'd and love it's- to go ahead. <laughs> And it's gonna be called uh, around the world in eighty restaurants amazing. without going out of my neighborhood. Oh, I noticed the reference there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing because here there's Korean food, there's Arabic food, there is, um, a, a, of course, Japanese. A lot of Japanese restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, there is uh, food from Hungary.
1: Amazing, that's amazing. You know, this is something I miss hearing real. We have lots of different uh restaurants, of course, and we do have the ethnic restaurants mm-hmm. that are real uh Lebanese restaurants, for example, and true Chinese and, and mm-hmm. Japanese restaurants, they are owned by Japanese people and Lebanese people. But uh I do miss, for example, Korean food. I've never seen a Korean restaurant. There might be, I just don't know about it, because Rio is too large, you know, and there are these small businesses we don't know about because of social media and etc. And uh, unfortunately, it's not the kind of place where you can take your car and go somewhere you don't know uh, to meet a restaurant you've never been. So this is another point. Before I go to any restaurant mm-hmm. i check on in its social media i see if it's open if it's okay to go if there is any mm-hmm. precaution i should take mm-hmm. um, and but basically that's it there are a lot of portuguese restaurants here i guess because mm-hmm. of the historical facts you know portuguese arrived here first and and that's it i guess i i would say portuguese spanish mainly mm-hmm. yeah yeah, there's a Spanish restaurant here,
0: and there is also there is a a refugee, a woman uh, called Hazan. and she is from Syria, and she opened a very small restaurant in her garage. Amazing. So she yeah she cooks herself. And she started selling, you know, those uh, uh, kind of Marmitex mm-hmm. for the neighborhood people. But it, it, it became big, and now she has a, a big business business that she started all by herself as a refugee from Syria.
1: Amazing! So,
0: it's Amazing. it's very impressive.
1: Favorite restaurant, do Do you have any? No, I couldn't say I have a favorite (laughs) restaurant, unfortunately, um, because uh, my background, my family cooks so well, so my background is hard mm-hmm. to meet.
0: <laughs> my nice. grandma's
1: food and etc. So I wouldn't say I have a favorite restaurant, but there is a restaurant here in Italy close to my house mm-hmm. that serves homemade food. It's a fancy mm-hmm. restaurant, not fancy, but it's a gourmet. Uh, it's a gourmet food, but mm-hmm. it's still homemade. Their their idea is to to sell homemade food. So if I had to choose. Uh, between any restaurant a fancy restaurant or um, uh, the garage of the Syrian woman I would go for the garage you know I think that what is homemade and more intimate it's Mm -hmm. often more delicious than what's um, you know franchised for example you are so right. And here in my neighborhood, there is, uh, there
0: was. Now they moved. They, they are now in Saudi. But there was a Chilean restaurant here. Nice. And they were. Uh, th- the restaurant was run by a family, and it was, it was my favorite restaurant. Now, now they are a little, a little further away. But mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna go there. Uh, they they were my neighbors so I miss them so much it was called it is called Dona Luz Empanadas and they they sold uh, Empanadas Empanadas (laughs) yes of course and uh, many different traditional dishes from Chile and wine
1: one thing that I find very that amazes me a lot when I see international cuisine is the ability of Brazilian to adequate the Mm -hmm. international cuisine to our uh, tastes, for example sweet sushi, which is Uh something that if you tell a Japanese person that it exists you know, hot they would go like what the hell are you doing to my food (laughs) or or sushi cups, have you seen those with the layers Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. salmon rice and and cream cheese and salmon rice, this is crazy and I love this Brazilianese that we do to every kind of food. There is no kind of food that will survive Brazilian <laughs> creativity. <laughs> and I love it, it's amazing. <laughs> Me too. Uh, coxinha, uh, uh, ovo de Páscoa de coxinha, you know, this is, it's, you can't even translate it to English, because it's so Brazilian, that exactly. it's would be to put it in English.
0: <laughs> yeah, ovo de Páscoa de coxinha, and
1: we also have uh, coxinha de brigadeiro. And sushi de ovo de Páscoa, have you seen (laughs) this Oh my God! (laughs) Yeah, they launched it this year. I guess that Brazilian took sushi and Japanese food and said, OK, you've done your part, so let us handle it now. Thank you, Japan, for it. But now leave it to us. (laughs) We can make it a little better. Exactly. (laughs) Amazing. I really, really love our creativity in food. By the way, just another observation. Uh, There's a big food chain that sells Arabic food, fast food, Arabic food. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Mm. And then they Mm -hmm. made alcoholic spheres. That's how far our creativity goes when it comes to Brazilian people changing food.
0: <laughs> this is new. I have never heard of it. Google I know. it. You'll love it. I will. Definitely. Right now. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, is there any kind of international cuisine that you wish you had in Rio that
1: you couldn't find yet? Yeah. Yeah. I guess Mm. I'd love to eat through, I'm I'm in two minds, between Moroccan food and Thai food. Cool. Nice, right? I imagine that in Liberdade there might be a Thai restaurant. Mm -hmm. There's a Thai
0: restaurant here in Ipiranga. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to start this Instagram right now. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to follow you. Uh, Yeah, there's also Indian, I mean, mm -hmm. amazing, yes, Indian food, yes.
1: Yes. Uh, Although I I, I don't know how my body would handle all the condiments and seasoning. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess
1: that this would be something I would have to be prepared. You know, I wouldn't go for a first date in an Indian restaurant, for example. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent idea. Yeah, but, uh, but when
0: you go and it's a first time, you can tell them.
2: Uh, it's my first
0: okay. time. Amazing. And then, yes, they can recommend you things that are, you know, less heavy for mm-hmm. you and you taste and you say if it's if, if you can handle it or, <laughs> <laughs> or if you call yeah. it a day and say, okay, thank you very much. Now I have to go to my house. <laughs> exactly. And then you can start, you know, creating a habit of going <laughs> to the Indian restaurant and, and every day you, you, you try something. You try
1: something, yeah. <laughs> It's, Amazing,
0: yeah, and, and this is also uh, a cool uh, thing about uh, the, the international restaurants. Usually, they are so friendly, and they uh, they really yeah. want us to experience mm-hmm. uh, their best, right? So yeah. they, they they teach us uh, how to eat. They help us choose, and, and they tell stories. Yeah. And, you know, I love,
1: I love that the fact that food—it's uh, not just eating, you know—it's cultural, it's emotional, it's sentimental sometimes. So you can learn from a family's history by going to their restaurant and listening to the owner, listening to the waiter, wh- whoever is serving you. And I guess that if we're open to it, even going out for dinner or for lunch can be a cultural and educational experience, right?
0: Definitely, definitely. I, I'm all in uh, food or going to restaurants as a cultural experience. This totally,
1: is... yeah. By the way, when I go to São Paulo, we should meet and do this 80 restaurants in like a, a week or something. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yes, come to Ipiranga. I am. Yeah, I I, I always tell the world
0: the, the word of Ipiranga to people because yeah, it's an amazing neighborhood. It's an amazing neighborhood, but it's very. Um, in São Paulo, people don't really don't don't really consider it. You know, it's not hyped enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So,
1: <laughs> do I... you have wood floored apartments or something to make it hyped?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do have. I mean, my apartment (laughs) is wood floored, but (laughs) we do have. But you know, the people didn't find it yet. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I tell
1: people how good it is, or if I don't. Keep leave it there. Keep it to you. Enjoy your restaurants and your apartment. (laughs) Enjoy the restaurants
0: without the the, the very big queue. Exactly,
1: the... exactly. Before they become really famous. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> good idea. Good yeah. idea. Thank you for the tip. <laughs> I'm full of good ideas. <laughs> Great. So come to São Paulo. I will. And you are very welcome to come to Rio too and meet the restaurants here. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs>
0: It's time for our How Do You Say, the part of our show in which we ask each other vocabulary questions related to the conversation we have just had. So, Duda, you said that you are in two minds about something. What does it mean to be in two minds?
1: Well, when a person is in two minds about something, that means she cannot decide and she has two or more options. Great, interesting. Camila, there was a moment when you said something was invaluable. What does it mean?
0: Well, when something is invaluable, it means that it is very valuable or useful. So when I say that uh, our culture is invaluable, I mean, it's very valued and also useful. (laughs) And Duda, you said that... uh, The Indian food
1: has a lot of seasoning. What do you mean by that? Seasoning are the salt, herbs, spices, or anything we add to food to make it more flavored. All right, interesting. There was a moment when you said a restaurant is run by a Chilean family. What does run by mean, Camila? Uh,
0: It means that it is managed. By this family. So they are the owners and they manage the restaurant themselves. So when something is run by someone, it is managed by someone. Perfect. And if you haven't heard these terms in our conversation, you may listen to this episode again and try to spot them all. This is our voices, where your voice matters just as much as ours. At Cultura Inglesa, we believe in creating a community where everyone's thoughts and opinions are valued, which is why we are thrilled to introduce speeches from the 8th edition of Your Voice, our public speaking contest, into our show. Last year's theme was We Expect Too Much from Our Heroes. And this week, we will listen to Gabriela Badaró and Daniela Fiore.
3: Okay, so, hi everyone! My name is Gabriela, I'm a Plus Team 2 student, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about our expectations for our heroes, and relate that to role-playing games. So, the first step to play an RPG is to create an original character to represent you. But, have you ever had the impression that your character is better than you? Well, it is expected of you to give them all the best features and make them like 7 feet tall, super strong. And when you finish, your character is brave, beautiful, has a nice body and can take advantage of any situation just like a superhero does. But come on, do you think that your character has no issues to cry about? Do you really think he's invincible? Well, if you think so, you should know that I'm sick of your stereotypes, because come on, man, your character is a human just like you. He has bad days, gets hurt, has bills to pay, and is lactose intolerant the same way as you, even if you prefer not to show this side of his story. You must know that this part exists because it's important for character development. Your player can make mistakes and feel blue sometimes, and that's totally okay. And, as an RPG player, I know that sometimes we put a lot of enthusiasm into rolling a 20-sided dice to face a situation that we know our character is able to go for it and win, but we get the lowest score and he fails in the worst possible way. But there's no problem with failing at all. We can't expect our characters to be successful all the time. We need to normalize that he might get some damage when he faces a resistance test. It is okay to be beaten, sometimes from a huge villain, sometimes from a piece of rodent food that made your character sick enough to lose some life points. That's why we have many other characters to give us support when it's necessary. And those other characters also have weaknesses, just like the one of yours. And that's why it makes the games the game fun to play, since we are not always powerful. We need each other's help to fulfill the gaps and be successful in our mission. That's why some RPGs ask our characters to have some phobias, fears, or addictions. The game wouldn't be fun if the, if the characters were perfect. Everyone has weaknesses, and we must expect them to be unbeatable every match.
2: Is there anybody in this world that you consider the definition of perfection? Throughout life, we meet a lot of people who seem picture-perfect. But 9 out of 10 times, they're just as average as you and me. My name is Daniela Fiori, and I'm here to talk about why heroes just don't exist. Heroes are everywhere. TV personalities, social media influencers, even a friend or a relative. It's a fact that humans tend to project their expectations on others, especially when they seem to be everything we ever dreamed of. It feels safe to know that. Somewhere in this world, there's always someone who's going to work stuff out, without even hesitating before a huge problem. It's unavoidable, because it's what we learn from books and movies and all kinds of entertainment. The nice guy always bounces back, and if things don't end up in the happily ever after, then it's just not worth it being displayed. These super-stay lots work just the same. The good people do only good things, but they keep being affected by the mean people's bad attitudes. In real life though, good people can make mistakes too. We call this Manichaeism, the necessity people have to set what's 100% wrong and what's 100% right. So rooted in our society, that it became almost impossible to distinguish how far it plays a role in the way we see things. In everything we do, we're always trying to stick to the right side, even though this is a pretty subjective concept. Well, we do mess up things quite often. We get insights, we change opinions, which really shouldn't be a concern, but every single little misstep turns out to be a major stress or even a moral dilemma sometimes. Then we cover up envy and anger instead of breaking them down, comprehending them, learning how to deal with them before they swallow us. As a perfectionist myself, I know how hard it is to make up how you feel, and it hurts every time I compare my work with others. Frustration and low self-esteem are only a few of the many issues that show up as consequences of believing that our only objective should be reaching flawless perfection. This is clearly evidenced by the sharply increasing rates of depression, anxiety, and eating disorders among teenagers. Their aim to become somehow extraordinary, to discover who they are and what's their mark in the world, most of the time, it turns into an unsustainable patch for unrealistic expectations, which is just too unhealthy for words. In this framework, one question takes of great importance. Why can't we find a balance? Let's allow ourselves to experiment, fail, feel our feelings, without labeling them as good or bad. Life is not an all-or-nothing game anyways. I hope my speech left you with a reflection. How about rethinking on
0: your definition of a hero? Wow, two more great speeches by our beloved students. Would you like to be part of your voice? So, stay tuned to Cultura Inglesa podcast and we will let you know when this year's edition submissions begin. Well, this was the last episode of our special month talking about food. I hope you've enjoyed listening along and that you could get hungry for more. Stay tuned to listen to our stories, follow us on Instagram, comment and tag us at arroba
1: Cultura Oficial. Once again, thank you very much, Duda. Thank you so much, Camila, for inviting me. Hope we talk again about other topics. Great. And see you guys again soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for new chapters of the Cultura Inglesa podcast.